Shall you, Jerusalem, be delivered after all that we've done to everybody else? Put in your Bibles, in all caps, with three exclamation points after it, the word yes. He is going to deliver. And shall you be delivered? Oh, yes. He's going to deliver. God is going to deliver. He always defends his faithful remnant. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Although the Rapshika was not in Jerusalem, this didn't stop him from trying to build fear, discouragement, and despair in Hezekiah. He sent a letter to the king of Judah to attack him from a distance. Hezekiah did exactly what any child of God should do with the letter. He took the letter to the house of the Lord, and he spread it out before the Lord. In this, Hezekiah boldly and effectively fulfilled the later command of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, which says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching already in progress who was over the household, and Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, they too were humbled, and they sent them. he sent them to Isaiah the prophet, who was a contemporary of Hezekiah at this time, the son of Amos. And again, notice the humility of Hezekiah. He goes to the Lord in humility, and he also brought out, he also, excuse me, sought out um, Isaiah the prophet. And that's a really good move. What does the Bible tell us in James 4, verse 10? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and what? And he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Notice, we don't have to lift ourselves up. Hezekiah was already feeling pretty low. He was surrounded. He didn't really know exactly what God was going to do yet. So he's feeling very low, and he's thinking, you know what? We may get our gooses cooked. This may be the end. And so he does the right thing. He humbles himself, and God is going to lift him up, just like he does us. When we remove the pride from ourselves and we, we stop being prideful and trying to work it out in our own flesh and our own ingenuity, when we fall to our knees and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I, I'm at my wit's end. I've tried everything. I've maxed out my credit card trying to fix this problem. I need you to help. I don't know what to do. You know, do that. Go to the Lord in humility. You know, a humble heart is like an irresistible thing to God. And be patient. It's irresistible to him. When you humble yourself before him, it's like you become like a magnet to him. Because a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he won't quench. Verse 3, and they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah. And they said to him, so 
Hezekiah sends these men to Isaiah the prophet, and they said to him, Isaiah, they said, Thus says Hezekiah, this is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy, for the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. And In other words, we're in trouble, and is God going to help us? Isaiah, what, what, what are you seeing? What, can you, you know, intercede for us? What, what is the Lord doing? And then he goes on in verse 4, It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God. Notice, he's reproaching the living God. Notice who it's all about now. It's not even about them so much. Do you hear the the difference? Hezekiah is not saying, look what they did to me. I'm the king of, of, of Jerusalem, and they blaspheme my name. No, it wasn't about him at all. Notice what he says. They've come, and they have... Uh, reproached you, the living God. He takes himself and the nation of Israel right out of the equation. He says, Lord, this is about you now. They have blasphemed you. They've reproached the living God and will rebuke the words uh, which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer, Isaiah, for the remnant that is left. And notice, a call to prayer. Any nation that's in a strait, and we're in a strait, aren't we? I would love to see our prayer times on Tuesday nights at 7. Would you come and pray with us? More than any other time in our history, we need to be praying, folks. Our country is falling, 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 and we have to stand in the gap. There's no hope for America apart from what happens in the church. Do you understand that? It's up to us, not the government. May the Lord give us a repentant heart and may he give us the heart like what it tells us in 2 Chronicles 7.14. You've heard this. God says, if my people... And of course, in context, we're speaking of Israel. But I think this also applies to us, even in America today. But notice, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, there it is again, and pray and seek my face. And what is Hezekiah doing? He's doing that very same thing. He's humbling himself. He's praying and he's seeking the face of God. And if they turn, if they turn from their wicked ways, there's our part. There is Jerusalem's part. Then I will hear. Do you understand the condition? Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Psalm 60, verse 11 says this, Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. It is. There is no hope for this country except for the church in America. And church, we have to wake up. We have to wake up. We have to get serious in our walk with with the Lord. We have to turn away from the sin. Stop playing church. And start doing what God has called us to do, and that's to go out into the highways and the byways and tell people the good news. Regardless of what party they're from, regardless of their persuasion, regardless of what they're doing, they all need to hear the good news like we heard it, right? Verse 5, so the servants of King Hezekiah came to Hezekiah, or came to Isaiah, excuse me, and Isaiah said to them, thus you shall say to your master, thus says the Lord. So now God gives a message back to his servants to give to Hezekiah. And he says to him, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus says the Lord God, Do not be afraid of the words which you've heard, which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. 
Surely I will send a spirit upon them, and he shall hear a rumor, speaking of the king of Assyria. He's going to hear a rumor, and, and this Rabshakeh, and they are going to hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. And this is literally going to come to pass in this chapter in verse 35 through 37. And so notice in verse 8. Then the Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring. And this is the rumor that he's hearing. The Rabshakeh returned and he found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he heard that he had departed from Lachish. So now uh, the king of Assyria has got another skirmish going on. And the king's the king heard concerning Tirhaka, king of Ethiopia, saying, Look, he has come out to make war with you. So he again sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Do not let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. In other words, I've got to go deal with this, but don't think that I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm going to come back. He says, look, in verse 11, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands by utterly destroying them, and shall you be delivered? Shall you, Jerusalem, be delivered after all that we've done to everybody else? Put in your Bibles, in all caps, with three exclamation points after it, the word yes. He is going to deliver. And shall you be delivered? Oh, yes. He's going to deliver. God is going to deliver. He always defends his faithful remnant. Notice in verse 12, Have the gods of all the nations delivered those whom my fathers have destroyed, Gozan and Haran and Reseph and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hena and Iva? And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers, and he read it. Notice, and Hezekiah went up again. Notice his posture again. It's not going to the bottle. What is he doing? He's inquiring of the Lord. That's a very smart thing to do. So Hezekiah received the letter. He read it, and Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord, and he spread it before the Lord. Can you imagine? And still at this, you know, he's, 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 there's a proverb in 16, Proverbs 16, verse 3. It says, commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts shall be established. The word here in uh, in, in Proverbs, uh, commit literally means to roll. Roll your works out to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. And isn't that what Hezekiah is doing now? He's taking this letter from Rabshakeh and he's laying it out before the Lord. A good place to lay it out. And then Hezekiah prayed, notice, before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made heaven and earth. And see, there is a wonderful difference. You made heaven and earth. All those gods that um, uh, Shalmaneser, or I'm sorry, Sennacherib, he's talking about, the gods of Hamath and all these different gods and these different towns and their little deities. Those are just local deities. Notice what Hezekiah is saying. Lord, you're the only one. You are the only one. You made heaven and earth. Oh, my goodness. That trumps everything, doesn't it? Who cares about these little squeakly things over here making a lot of noise? you got a big, big, big God who made all things. Fear him. Trust him, right? Incline your ear, O Lord, verse 16, and hear 
Open your eyes, O Jehovah, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Again, removing himself out of the way. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands. And it is true that they have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands. They were made of wood and stone, therefore they destroyed them. And so this is a reality. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, pray and save us from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are God, you alone. (laughs) And then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. And here it is. This is when the hammer comes. He's rolled out his letter at at the altar of God, and God, do you see all this? And he worships God. Do you notice that? When he laid that out, all of these, this slander against God, he lays it out and then he prays. He says, you are God of all. Important. He worshiped. He didn't go, God, what are we going to do? No, he, he's like, you are the one who made the very breath in these men that are speaking. You have allowed them to their very next breath. You are the God of all. And I love this. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. And this is where God starts to speak and everybody shuts their mouth. Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you, laughed you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head behind your back. Do you see now what God is doing? He's taunting Sennacherib, and he's taunting Rabshakeh. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised you. She's laughing behind your back. Verse 22, whom have you reproached and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted up your eyes on high? And the answer is, against the Holy One of Israel. That's who you've done it. By your messengers you have reproached the Lord and said, By the multitudes of my chariots I have come up to the height of the mountains, to the limits of seed of Lebanon. I will cut down all of its cedars and its choice cypress trees. I will enter the extremity of its borders to its fruitful forest. I have dug and drunk strange water, and with the soles of my feet I have dried up all the brooks of defense. Does this sound familiar to you? This boasting? And I actually counted, there's five different times where God is saying that this man has boasted, I will. Where does that sound familiar? Do you remember in Isaiah chapter 14 when Lucifer said the same? Isaiah 14, beginning in verse 12, what does it say? How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, here it is, I will ascend into heaven, Satan says, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And God replies, you shall be brought down to hell. (laughs) You shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest pit, to the lowest part of the pit. And it's no coincidence that I think there's five statements of I wills in this Sennacherib. God goes on in verse 25. Did you hear long ago how I made it? 
from the ancient times that I formed it, how now I have brought it to pass that you should be for crushing fortified cities into heaps of ruins. In other words, I'm the one who allowed you to crush those cities into heaps of ruins because of their idolatry. Therefore, their inhabitants had little power. They were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field and the green herb, as the grass on the housetops and grain blighted before it is grown. But I know your dwelling place. And you're going out and you're coming in and your rage against me. Because your rage against me and your tumult have come up to my ears. Therefore, I will put my hooks in your nose and my bridle into your lips. And I will turn you back by the way which you came. Do you realize what he's saying here? This is exactly what they did when they carried the the northern tribes. When they carried them away to Assyria, they would put hooks in their jaws and through their noses and through their lips. And they would have them on a chain gang and they would lead them and nobody's going to trip. If you trip, you're going to pull somebody's lip out. You know how sore that is after a couple of days of walking in the desert? That's how cruel they were. And you know what God is saying? I'm going to do the same thing to you. I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your lip. And I'll turn you back by the way which you came. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year such as grows of itself. And in the second year, what springs from the same. Also in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat of the fruit of them. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant. And those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city. He's not going to come here, nor is he going to shoot an arrow here, nor come before it with a shield, nor build a siege mount against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into the city, says Jehovah God. Oh, my goodness. He just pounded him, didn't he? (laughs) A knuckle sandwich. God just gave them. Punched them right between the eyes. They're wiggling on the floor. They're counting to ten. X is over his eyes. Game is almost over. I love that about God. My God is bigger than your God. Isn't Jehovah, isn't Jesus bigger than anybody else? Oh, yeah. And you know what? If we're going to boast in anything, I'm not going to boast about the military might of of Israel. I'm not going to boast about the military. And that's a a really one to be worried about, by the way. And I'm not going to boast about the United States armaments and their nuclear weapons and their their artillery. I'm going to boast in God. He can make things happen on a dime that nobody could have even thought. And everyone's going, what? Oh, yeah. He does it all the time. History is littered with stuff like this. For I will defend this city, God says, to save it. Notice, for my own sake and for my, my servant David's sake. Because God made David a promise that there would always be a king. And even though they were taken captive, he would bring them back into their land after 70 years. So notice verse 35, and it came to pass on a certain night, and here's, and then we'll take communion. Uh, Sarah, feel free to come on up. We'll just look at these last few verses. And it came to pass on a certain night that, here it is, the angel of the Lord, so the army is still surrounding, and God is giving this message from Isaiah to tell Rabshakeh, 
and he pretty much punches him right in the eyes. God does. And then, verse 35, And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses. They were all dead. And so Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh, which is the capital of Assyria. Now, do you notice something here? That God didn't kill Sennacherib, did he? All of his men got wiped out, but he, he allowed him to go back. And now it came to pass, as he was worshiping, as he was worshiping in the temple of Nisroch, his god, that his sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat, which is modern-day Turkey, where Noah's Ark somewhere is landed, right? And then Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. Pretty interesting, isn't it? You poke God enough and he's going to roar like a lion and he's going to punch you. <laughs> not, not us, of course, right? We have been covered under the blood of the Lamb, right? God doesn't have any delight in harming us, but he's taken the punishment out on Jesus, on his son. But back at this time, when people messed with the apple of God's eye, and you are the apple of God's eye too, first Israel, but he also sees his people, he takes care of his own. Don't you love that about God? He's a, he's a wonderful deliverer. He's a wonderful protector. He will always take care of you. And he's looking out for us. Even right now in our country when we're going, what is going on? Lord, where are you? He knows. There's no need to fear. There's no need to fear. We've got to trust in him and love him. Amen? Amen. Um, we're going to take communion, so as Sarah leads us in a song, feel free to just come up and grab the elements. Lord, we bring before you tonight, Lord, just our own hearts. And, and Lord, we pray that, Lord, if there is anything uh, today that we have encountered, anything we said, anything we did, Lord, that we know is just not, it doesn't add up to what you've called us to do, Lord. Help us to, at this time just to ask for your forgiveness. It's really that simple. Lord, your promise is still true that if, you, if we confess, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. And as we take this bread and this cup, we're very aware of what these symbolize, Lord. This bread that was broken, Lord, as your body was broken, the very bread of life was broken for our behalf, Lord. And so we take it in honor and thanksgiving for what you did for us in Jesus' name. Let's take the bread. And Lord, we're also mindful of your blood of the new covenant. The new covenant. Lord, the very perfect blood of the spotless Lamb of God who, whose blood was shed for all of our behalf, Lord. Thank you for that provision, Lord, for without it we would be hopelessly lost. And thank you, Lord, for what this represents. And Lord, as we drink it, we take it down deep into the center of us, Lord, just acknowledging the truth of it. And, Lord, the reality of our oneness with you now because of this. And so we take it and we thank of thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, we thank you that you do, Lord, the impossible things. And, Lord, just looking at even what we are looking at tonight, Lord, just the insurmountable uh, thrush around Jerusalem, Lord, seemingly no hope whatsoever on the horizon. And yet, God, you show up. 
You rebuke the enemy, and the enemy is defeated soundly and easily. Lord, may we never forget these kinds of things. Father, when we're surrounded on every side, when we're feeling like the everything is closing in around us, Lord, you are the great God, and we count on you, Lord. We trust in you. Help us, Lord, and bless us today and tomorrow and this next week. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.